0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of In Star Trek, We Trust, a Star Trek podcast where we're discussing the uh, eighth episode, I believe, of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 The Sanctuary. My name is Kevin, and I have my other host here with me, as always.
1: My name is Ethan. And before we get into the episode, <sighs> how is life?
0: Oh, boy. Life is fine, I suppose. Uh, not doing much, just as always, I'm when I'm not doing this and watching Discovery or any form of Trek, I've just been gaming, and I'm right now in the middle of replaying for the first time uh, Breath of the Wild after finishing Hyrule Warriors, so that's what I'm doing, as I'm waiting for Cyberpunk to come out on, uh, I think, Tuesday is when it comes out, so...
1: Excellent. Yeah, or I've been playing. I've been playing Hyrule Warriors a little bit, mm-hmm. but honestly, I'm resisting getting too into it because it's going to cut into chess time.
0: Yeah. So I finished Hyrule Warriors, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but something is revealed that annoyed me.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So. As far as the lore is concerned.
1: Okay. Something was revealed
0: in the lore that annoyed me.
1: Emerald chain behind Ganon. Oh, God. Yeah. That's too bad. Maybe that's been... Well, Arius showed up. Well, that would be great, as long as she didn't die. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what's been good about Zelda, is that the fact that they haven't built on the lore, it's always kind of a refresh. Then there's nothing to get mad about, because... Oh, there's just gonna be another one. It'll be different.
0: I, I there's so much I want to say, but I'm not going to because I okay. don't want to. I'll get there. Yeah, I'll get there. Yeah. So, but are you enjoying
1: it? Yeah, it's fine. Not that much. I mean, it's cool to be in that world, but it's also it's different. It's a little boring sometimes. It's well, it's it's. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a repetitive game. It's it's Battlefield after Battlefield, but I I think the the one problem I have with the game is really that there's no sense of like, okay, outside of the outside of these battlefields, what do I need to do? Because everything on the map just kind of pops up and you're just literally clicking on A and then something and it opens up exactly. the area and it's like, "Oh, okay, so I helped them." But like,
1: well, in other what words, are we like, doing?
0: Right, like the, those areas need items, right? But like, but the thing is, you're not actively seeking those items. You're just ending up with them when you finish a battle. So like, I'm not going out farming stuff to unlock this yeah, thing. But even then, I don't I'm don't just know. like, what do I why care? Why am getting them? Why? Am, yeah, like why? Why do I need to do this exactly? Whenever so,
1: I get a treasure chest, I get that old excitement, and then I'm the treasure chest. Of, I don't know. I guess I get something, but I don't even know what I get or what happens.
0: Right, and so, and then when I'm done with the battle, and then all these things appear on the map, and they're pulsating, I'm like, oh, okay, I can help them. So I hit A, and then it turns blue, and I'm just like, okay.
1: I guess we're just putting down all the monsters.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, I I think it's a, it's a, it's a fun game, but there's no sort of like, aside from doing the battles, there's no real direction with it. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's interesting too because it's almost a letdown because when we're in that world, we're used to having a lot more freedom.
0: Right. I mean, I, I like the idea behind it. I like the idea of them making a Hyrule Warriors game during that time that Breath of the Wild alludes to. But then at the same time, as I'm playing it, I'm asking myself, why couldn't this just, why couldn't this just be like a actual Zelda title?
1: Right. Yeah, and it's definitely better than just putting a, you know, Zelda skin on another. Yeah.
0: game Well, but at the same time, though, I mean, it. it but it, it. It. You feel like you're in the lore, right? I mean, the last Hyrule Warriors game, which was fun, it was just kind of, um, it just kind of existed. But that was about mm-hmm. it. Like it wasn't. You weren't part of like the. The sort of history of the of the of the franchise as it was. Like you weren't playing something yeah. that leads up to something, right? You were just playing a warriors game in the style of a Zelda game.
1: Yes. And yeah. I'm not that far into it, but even when a Guardian first attacked Zelda and and Link and Zelda were whoa, what's going on? These guardians are supposed to protect us. So it's kinda of neat just watching that unfold.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's a cool game. I think the combat system is a little is a little janky at times. But mm. um I like having the sort of upper hand, like, when a Guardian shows up. I'm like, oh, I know how to kill that thing, because I know how to do it in Breath of the Wild, but...
1: Right, and using the special items, too, because it's so... Yeah. it's Everything's happening so fast, I'm used to having time to think and plan out right. what I'm doing when I'm using special yeah. items. Yeah,
0: well, hack and slash are my favorite types of games, and they're always very fast-paced, so I had no... Sometimes I'm not fast enough, right? Like, when I have yeah. to use the... um the ice item, the ice yeah. ability. Sometimes I'm, t- I'm not fast enough.
1: And you're, you are you play a lot more of them than I do, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a- but it's frustrating, like, when, because it's when the enemies reveal their weakness, sometimes the uh, weaknesses get revealed too close together that you can't get it. it time hasn't co- caught up enough for you. To, it hasn't reset the ability yet, so you can't use it. Yes. Yet. Yeah. So that that kind of sucks, but it's sort of like, I think they kind of do that. As a way of saying, okay, like, hey, well, in case you weren't fast enough the first time, here's another chance to actually...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the creatures are easier to kill. Mm. Like those wizard people, whatever they are. Yeah. In they were Bre- very
0: challenging in, in the In Breath of the Wild, they were not... they were annoying.
1: Yes, they were tough. Yeah. Do any of the um the centaur creatures show up in this?
0: The centaur creatures?
1: Yeah, they have a horse body and a man torso. And they have a bow and arrow. I don't know. It was really one know. in the arena. Oh, the Lionels.
0: Yes. 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 They do. Clearly they do? Oh, well, I hate they them. do. Yeah. Well, the. So, throughout the game, you do fight those. Um. It can be as
1: hard as they are in the game. You do,
0: fight the, you do fight the Blight Ganons, but I do find that those are more fun to fight in this game as they were in, the, in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. So, but, sort of on that note, when I was playing Breath of the Wild recently and I was finishing the, um, the Zora, the um champion, and I got to Water Blight Ganon, I defeated him so fast, and I was just like, I don't remember this being... I thought this was more difficult, but... I think it was just because I was still figuring the game out at the time, and I wasn't too confident in my in my um, self to be good at the battle system. So I finished them relatively quickly. I, I feel playing through that game a second time, my confidence level is just through the roof because oh, I yeah. just played it for so long. Now I'm not really afraid of anything.
1: Right. Yeah. Surprisingly, though, you know me. I like some games. I'm not that great at them, but I beat at least two of the. Um, Ganon's on my first try, even my first time through. Yeah, so they they weren't that hard. Yeah, the overall Waterblight Ganon and
0: I think Thunderblight Ganon were the ones that I had a difficult time with at first. Yeah, but it took me a while to really kind of get that battle system, that combat system down. So I think that was kind of part of the problem. Then, certain games I don't really master the the battle system until I'm like near the end of it.
1: Uh, that's because yeah. you don't use the motion control. That's why. Oh hard. God.
0: Yeah, it's the only way I will play Skyward Sword again, is if they release it, if they re, if they re-release it in high def, with no motion control. It's the only Zelda game I did not finish.
1: Love motion control. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Uh, just for aiming arrows mostly.
0: Nope. Not even that. I love it.
1: Mm. Um. Yeah. But when I wasn't doing that, um, I was playing some chess, and I really think I'm turning a corner. Okay. Um, I, For instance, today I played five games. I won three, and every one I beat was higher ranked than me. Mm-hmm. And even the ones I lost, I knew exactly what was happening, and I was executing a plan. I just didn't have enough moves to get it done. So I'm feeling a lot more confident now. It's really nice. So that's cool. exciting. That's very exciting.
0: Christmas Eve chess is what you should be doing this year.
1: Yes, yes. I'm playing tomorrow with John. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, what else? My quarter just ended at school, so yeah. it's smooth sailing right now. I'm feeling uh,
0: the the urge though to uh, to learn chess now.
1: I would, I'll teach yeah. you. I mean, you know, I'm never not. Uh, listen, you know, I'm a nice person. I'm not just gonna kick your butt.
0: Well, I don't care if you do. Okay. Yeah, I don't care if you do. So. Um, but you know, no
1: pressure. If you want me to show you, and if you, I show you, and you think it's terrible, you don't want to play it again. That's fine.
0: But um, yeah. Aside from that, uh, doing some stuff around my apartment, I've actually been spending a lot of time in this lockdown, de- uh, sort of decorating the place a little bit more. And trying to make it a little bit more homey and just um, nice and comfy and, I don't know if I... Could I say eloquent, maybe? Um, did you tweet
1: out any um, update pictures? No, but I did... Uh,
0: you can't see it, but uh, I can tweet it out. But I did hang some... I got some like Japanese wall art that I just strung up. Um, and it's scrolls. It's like three scrolls mm. next to each other. Um, got a new... There's a new lamp behind me, but I put a new lamp out in the living room. I actually have a new TV coming on Monday I have a 65 inch TV coming into my living room on Monday so mm-hmm. I figured if I can't go to the movies bring the movies home so
1: yeah yeah so as pleasant as it is
0: It'd be a nice pleasant. TV to watch Discovery on but go
1: ahead yes yeah, so as pleasant as this chit chat is yeah. we have some business to attend to we do so we do. what did you think of the most recent Star Trek Discovery
0: ah <sighs> I I, mm, I mean I've already those who follow me on Twitter and had saw my tweet know that I was not happy with it and those are sort of my initial reactions I think so I know I reserved this for kind of my I'll I'll bring this forward because I reserved this toward the end so my final thoughts on the episode is that I think overall the episode was fine but it just like it was it's a you know, and for those who don't know, you say that <laughs> for a lot of things. Like, ah, it was fine. It was fine, but it just it focused on a plot that I didn't find very interesting, and I don't think that Osira and the Emerald Chain are that compelling. I would say, if anything, it's like a middle of the road, just average, nondescript Star Trek episode. If this has been a TNG episode. I don't think it would have been any better. Okay, just you think the story was. Just I just I think the story was right. was just not very interesting, and the 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 overall dilemma and the villains were not very compelling. So, and mm. as it seems, w- this is probably not the end of uh the Emerald Chain and, and Osiris. So I'm just oh, it's
1: big bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I I've... I I think that Osiris is nothing more than no better than like a schoolyard bully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah, my thoughts are very similar. Yeah. I felt I felt like maybe there was a good maybe there could have been a good story around the main idea, yeah. but yep. because they were crammed in four or five different storylines, everything none of it was done well. That's it. All way. of it just got a little tidbit here and there and just the main story Maybe it could have been better if they expanded it. I don't know, though, because I didn't care much about it at all. Yeah. Um, and yeah you, you had said to me in the beginning... like it should be compelling.
0: You had said to me in the beginning, which I totally agreed with, that you felt like the episode was trying to do too much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's and it's such much. a... such a, um, switch from... you yeah. talked about, of course. Um... Uh, Unification Part three where it is. That was an yeah. episode that was doing just enough. It's
0: it's so it's so weird to me, right? I I said this to you after the initial viewing. I said, It seems like Discovery on a whole. When it does it well, it does it well. We get last week. When it doesn't do it well, it just doesn't do it well at all. Like it doesn't seem to really hit a sort of happy medium. Right? Like in other words, maybe if there had been at least like maybe one of the subplots that I would have liked in the episode then maybe it would have been like okay well I didn't like this and this but this was I was interested in this that was going on over here like this was this was interesting but like but it was just it was all of it like it the thing is it was trying to do so much and just all of it was just not that interesting and the thing they did the least amount of was the most interesting which was the burn
1: Right. Yeah. Very little of the burn. They moved the needle about a centimeter on the burn.
0: Right. And 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 see and that that's a that's one of the things I came out of this episode feeling. I just I felt like we didn't we didn't get anywhere. And I feel like what discovery is doing I just feel like they're wasting time.
1: Well, the Don't interesting you? thing is that if you think about it, last week's episode, Unification 3, also didn't actually move us very far. I I think they had one piece of data, they analyzed it, they said, oh no, we need a different piece of data in order right. to use this first piece of data, and then they got the second piece of data. That's like, plot-wise, that's what happened. Obviously, it's not about the movement, it was about the episode being compelling. I think... And so you can, in other words... You don't necessarily have to move the needle to make it compelling. Right. But when you're not giving us that much that's entertaining, then you better move the needle.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, and I want to be clear that one of the reasons why I think Unification, we think Unification 3 was so good, is not because of the fan service. It's not because it was a follow-up. That initially just kind of, Piqued the interest in your life. We're like, oh, that's cool. Like, what can they do there? But like, that wasn't the reason why we loved it so much, right? It just it felt they were telling a compelling story, an interesting story. Did we get coherent? Coherent? Did we get much information on the burn? No, Mm -hmm. but but like the well, we learned, but we got more background on sort of the history. Of, things go, of the world of, and things going on there, right? And we learned a little bit more. So I think there's two aspects of the burn itself. Knowing, fi- getting info on the mystery and moving the mystery, having them solve it, but there's also the history of surrounding it. What was okay, the, yeah, the impact? What, the impact of it, yeah. And so we got a lot of that last week.
1: The, uh, but this... We got- yeah. Here's a here's a good word to describe it. Last week's episode was focused. It was focused. It knew the story it wanted to tell, and it told it. And it's had essentially like one main thrust of the episode. Yeah. Everything served that um, – well, no, I guess it was a B-line. The B-story too, I guess, would be Saru and uh, the president of – Right, but things Navarre are... talking. But it was like give us the A story and then a tiny little B story. Don't give me an A story, a B story, a C story, a D story. Hmm. And none of them. But I think it was
0: also watched. like every every sub every plot, every subplot was set up. It got someplace and then it neatly resolved in the end.
1: Yes. Right? Or it, if you didn't neatly resolve, you it leaves some closure. Which is the saying to the president, um, we'll continue this conversation another time. That would be nice. That's fine. Right. Now I say that and then I'm realizing, well, I guess there really was closure to Book and his brother because they had that little moment of we're friends again and we're gonna meditate well, and do stuff, but I still like I I didn't care. And I'm I'm um right. drifting into rant territory. Well, and I don't want to do that.
0: We're not saying that this episode didn't do something wrong. It's just it wasn't we personally did not find it did not find it interesting, right? And I think no. that uh, a term, I, a word I have not used in a long time, but somebody did on the Trek PBS. This episode felt like filler, and I said, "Yeah, it, that's that's exactly what it was." And I think it makes it all the more frustrating when you have such abbreviated seasons nowadays, that you feel like you're just wasting an hour now, and you, you're kind of, right. um, you know, placing all your bets on a smaller amount of episodes now.
1: Yeah, but so. here's the thing. If we look at it objectively, this episode did a lot. In a way. It did a lot to... We now know something. We know who Osiris is. Yeah. And she's... They've decided that she's a villain of the season, so there's that. Right. Um, but. We found out more about... No, did we find out more about Giorgio? No, we just saw more of Giorgio. We saw more,
0: yeah, we'll see. And of that's the same. That's a, another thing. Well, okay, so <laughs> let's – Um, I know week before last I reserved a spot to talk about Giorgio's thread specifically because it's been moving on throughout the other episodes. So why don't we – let's begin with that because that's – and because ironically that's also where the, the episode opens up.
1: Okay, so, but I will say one thing. I wanna, it's almost impossible to discuss that without discussing the scene that was released for next week. Correct. So let's okay. do that. Let's do that. So so if you haven't watched it, right, mm-hmm. hit pause on this podcast, go to the YouTube, watch the released scene, and then come back. Okay, you back? Alright, cool. Oh,
0: so you're back. Welcome back. Spoiler alert, right? Um, now, up to this point, we said last week we were not we did not see anything on JoJo last week, and we said didn't miss it, right? Because up to this point, it's not been very compelling because we haven't learned we're not learning anything new. It's just it's sort of a it's on a repeat. It's just it's you're doing the same. Okay, she's having some mirror universe flashback with somebody whose name I'm forgetting right now.
1: Yes, now we It's actually the it. same scene, just slight. Yeah, just repeating yeah. similar types of scenes that don't give us any additional info.
0: Yeah, like you know what it, you know what it, it. It's almost playing off as if those flashbacks are supposed to be revealing of who she is, but we know who she is and we know where she came from. It's almost as if like, I'm like, is she somebody who's just who has forgotten something and she's unearthing these lost memories of being in the mirror universe like an old life or something like that i mean it for us the viewers it's not it doesn't seem to be revealing anything other than just okay she's younger she's and someone died someone dies
1: i actually i half expected because i do tend to assume that things will be um that shows will tie everything together right i thought when it was panning up on the woman that georgia was um i think she was one I think it was a woman. Georgia was upset about dying. I thought it was going to be Michael's face because that would have been something I I could have at least latched onto and wondered, but it just had some helmet on. So maybe it's still Michael. I don't know. They've given me nothing.
0: That's another problem. They, they've not given us, they've not teased us really with anything. And so it's, it's, it's difficult for us to sort of make any kind of theories. Right and so, and we're not saying like this is bad storytelling it's just it's frustrating because up to this point you've not given me anything that I find too compelling you're just you're repeating the same it's like if I'm watching the same movie trailer over over and over again, I'm not gonna learn anything new each time right there's only so right. much there's only so much I can examine,
1: yeah or. It's just, there's yeah, there's not enough information for us to feel like we are along for the ride of right. figuring this out. Right. It's just, Georgia went and saw Cronenberg, and since then, she has passed out and had flashbacks. Right. And that's that. No progression, no adding. And we talked about how in unification, um, it's like, they set up the next question. Right. Then they answer it, and then that leads to the next thing, and then you go and answer that. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what we haven't gotten. It would be as if... Um, <laughs> in Unification 1 and 2, uh, Riker just kept going to different bars and talking to different ladies at the piano. Right. Well, and we can't... And the
0: thing is, we can't connect it to anything. Well, like, is it... Is it relevant to this? Is it just... Is it not relevant? Like, you're place, You seem to be placing a, a lot of importance on this, but... Right. What is it? And... It's at a point now where I'm just like, okay, you've got to tell us. You've got to give us something.
1: And they did. Finally. It is interesting that they would give us something so... Next week. But here's the crazy thing. That seems like a really significant scene to release ahead of an
0: episode. I had that same thought. I said, this is an extremely revealing scene.
1: I think they felt the... Are
0: they feeling the weight of, of us going like, can you just... Because... You think like, okay, guys, you've got to, okay, at this point, what are we now, four episodes in where this is happening? you got to give us, you, you just, you got to give us something. you got to stop dangling this character. Give us just a little something. And we get it in this scene for next week. So as I say, up to this point of this scene, it's just not been, it's been more of an annoyance because we don't know, we're not learning anything.
1: Yeah, so and, it's very boring because once the scene starts, they're like, oh, another one of these. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So We don't expect to get anything interesting out of it.
0: Based on what we see for next week, so David Cronenberg's character comes back, and um, we find out that uh, she's. It has something. It's somehow related to not only that did she jump ahead 930 years, but she also crossed. Dimensions. She crossed over from one universe to another. Now, this is something that we haven't really seen revealed in Trek before, like the effects of like jumping galaxies or jumping, to, you know. And I was trying to place in my head. Well, she can't be the only one. Like we've seen this before. Like Spock did it in. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, but but <laughs> but, but, but 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 but. Let's but. not lose sight of the fact that Spock did die off-screen in Star Trek Beyond. And there's every chance it, they don't reveal why he died. Could this be the reason why he
1: died? I guess. And maybe it was because he didn't stay in the other place. He always came back to his own time. He stayed in the Kelvin p- timeline. Right. He stayed to, right. But all the, I mean, all the other times because he definitely did it. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. During the original series, he traveled through time and he went to the mirror universe.
0: Right. And so Cronenberg brings up a holographic recreation of a guy whose name is Lore.
1: Did we know the era of that uniform?
0: That was a season one next generation uniform. Really? Yeah.
1: Didn't look familiar.
0: Yeah. So, But it's he says something...
1: The piping around them. He
0: says shoulder. something else that's revealing. Okay, not only does he say that this guy is a... not, I'm Sorry, his name is not Lore. It's Yor, not Lore. Because that would have right, been Lord. odd. Yor is a time soldier who... Jumped ahead from the year twenty three seventy nine, and he makes reference to a Romulan mining ship, a temporal incursion from a Romulan mining ship. He's referring mm-hmm. to the he's referring to Nero's ship from the first Abrams yes. film, and yes. that's where you're like, wait, what? It's so re- the scene is so revealing.
1: Yes. So,
0: and so yeah,
1: I mean, it brings up the said you 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 should be glad you weren't around for the temporal cold wars, right? Or well, the temporal wars, I forget what he says.
0: The temporal wars, and so it also, and it also, I like that they're tying in the Kelvin films a little bit more. I know Picard did it, and I like the Discovery's doing it. And it also makes me wonder, like, okay, well, now that he mentions Nero's ship, the Narada, the Romulan mining ship, is that now? Are they going to somehow canonize that as being somehow involved in the in the temporal wars, or like, did it, did it cause some great shift in the in the temporal wars? You know, I don't know, Um, but so even though it's even though it's still kind of hard to theorize, you at least gave us quite a bit in a in a 60 second scene.
1: Yeah, it actually kind of reminds me of um, Michael's mother. Remember they said it keeps trying to pull her back to the other time. Yeah, that's I think that's the place where I've heard that concept before. Yeah, I was glad to hear something, and, you know, I like the Temporal Cold Wars. I always thought, under the Temporal War, I always thought that was, I wish that was explored more in an enterprise. Yeah. So. I'd be fine with them yeah. sort
0: of, offering some kind of resolution to it. I mean, they could always, they could always, I'm not saying, like, dedicate a whole episode to the Temporal Wars, but, like, Cronenberg's character or somebody could at least kind of say here's how it ended because Enterprise didn't quite resolve it and so Discovery could end it with like a line of dialogue and say here's how the Temporal Wars played out over time. I mean we know that it ended with them outlawing time travel but I still think there's more in this. There's still some stuff in there that we can learn. So
1: Right. And so it's interesting because a while back there was an article in Medium and they had this theory that the Section 31 show will be a time travel-based show. Yep. And this seems like another clue in that direction.
0: Quite honestly, I wouldn't be against that.
1: No, imagine if the Giorgio goes to fight in the Temporal Wars. That would be great.
0: Well, so,
1: it could be great.
0: Well, and Brandon Braga has said on numerous occasions since Enterprise has gone off the air that the idea of doing the temporal cold war for enterprise, he said, he had said, we always thought of that as being a very good idea for a show just by itself, a science fiction show about people traveling through time and sort of fighting a war in time. Hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So that
1: would be very interesting.
0: Yeah, I'll be interested. I'll, I'm, I'm interested to see where this is going. Um, now, as we said, it's, they've, Revealed some stuff, but now, but it's I was just, I was I was saying to you earlier. I, I was watching that scene and I thought, okay, now I'm interested. Now I'm compelled. Now I want to know what the hell's going. Now I wanna. Now I'm into this,
1: mm-hmm. right? And yeah, so now we want to know who is David Cronenberg character? Why right. does he wear a suit from twentieth century? Glasses. Glasses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like yeah. okay, now I'm on board with this JoJo thing. But you you gave me no reason to be up to this point because you just kept yeah. re- regurgitating it over and over mm. again with nothing with nothing moving forward and it was frustrating
1: here's an odd thing Giorgio didn't have any of these until after she met with the Cronenberg right right which is why we all thought he caused it somehow
0: we did we did because yeah, she yeah. she did something like she blinked with, and Giorgio herself yeah, he like he used blinked.
1: something on her so, so I still don't trust him How's
0: well that? I, I got to say so I have so even in the sickbay scene when Culber and um Dr. Pollard are looking at her and she kind of seems to phase out like I thought to myself for a second is she could it be possible she is made of
1: programmable matter or well, they replaced her with one of those holograms Yeah 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 people. did they Yeah I thought the same thing Yeah but I guess that was her body trying to go back to
0: it could be that too, going back to the time of he came from yeah
1: Cronenberg is hiding something still, which I hope is more true because the fact that they, he she didn't start having these episodes till after she saw him right it just sets it up for us to think he did something to her, not that she just had a condition that he figured out I mean
0: the idea of her potentially having this issue with that, this condition where that her molecules want to go, trying to go back to the time in which they were created, you know, maybe explains like the memories, but it's almost like, it feels like it's presenting like a flashback. That's sort of like an, un, it's like uncovering a lost memory, right? Like what? Okay. Like, okay. If you're having flashbacks to the mirror universe, that's one thing, but why are you having specific flashbacks about that? Like what's the significance of what you're remembering? right like don't you feel like it's being treated like she's remembering something that she for, had forgotten about or like kind of buried
1: yeah and, and the fact that she started treating michael very differently after the flash yeah. started yeah yeah i just it's got to be connected but
0: but now is. i'm intrigued now i'm like now i'm intrigued you just you took too long to get there guys
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i feel a little bit I'm, getting, I'm being a little cynical today, but my feeling is kind of, um, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So, yeah. expecting that there will be this interesting connection,
0: mm.
1: I feel like, mm, probably not. Well, let's get
0: into the to the main plot of this week's episode, which
1: is... <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I dare you to summarize the main plot of this episode.
0: Well, Giorgio was one of them, but we've got two more. We've got two more. But the the main one is that they need to go to Book's home planet because Osira and the Emerald Chain are on their way. You're just just being evil. It's because Osira is now threatening the planet.
1: Because Osira is evil.
0: Right, exactly.
1: The planet's being threatened
0: by Osira and the Emerald Chain and his brother's been dealing with them for the last 15 years and so now it's it's obviously like it's an emergency and they've got to rush to the planet so they talk to Starfleet about it and Starfleet says okay go but discovery goes just as an observer they don't go to actually help because right. the emerald chain is i guess huge they because of them 50 star Allegedly. system 50 star systems are on the verge of collapse and Starfleet doesn't have the number of ships to sort of combat this.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, so, something interesting. Yeah. When they ask Vance for permission, he says, yeah. no, we don't want to start a fight with the Emblem Chain. And then Book tells him what's going on, or someone tells him. And Vance says they often take advantage of pre-warp civilization. Violating the Prime Directive is like a hobby for them. Yeah, I and my thought was just, like, but it's your Prime Directive. Well, they violate. They don't have it. It's other It's not something they violate because they're not you. Well,
0: keep in mind. So the Emerald Chain, the Andorians are now in the Emerald Chain. The Andorians are a founding member of the Federation. So at least to them, that's something that that, that was upheld. Not and no I more. think the Orions were somehow aff- were affiliated with the Federation later. On. I I don't. Well, they must have been because Tilly was not Tilly. Um, what's her face from Lower Dex, Tendi? So, yeah, they well, these were know. Federation members who are now. But it, I get what and you're saying. And the United
1: like, States was England, but we don't have a king.
0: Right, exactly. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, okay, they were Federation members at one point. Why should they be compelled to uphold the... But I found that line interesting, though, just like the complete disregard for pre-warp civilizations. So like just imagine the amount of chaos they are causing on all these worlds just because of that, which I just kind of... I don't know. There's something about that I just found very
1: interesting. Hmm. What I didn't understand is like, what is their relationship with this planet? Right, because it almost seemed like a like a mafia situation where you you know you go to the shop owner and you say yeah it's a nice shop you are ashamed if something happened to it. Right. But I, I just I didn't really get what oh, the uh, what they get out of it. Well, I we
0: first I mean we first see Osira on the planet from a few weeks ago, and she kills her nephew Tolos.
1: Yeah.
0: But even though that's sort of the moment she's revealed and she's willing to sacrifice her own nephew, even though it's not really a, bl- a blood nephew.
1: And she killed her brother, too.
0: And she's holding a, um, for some reason, holding a, a Picard-era com badge. I don't know if that's supposed to be significant or not. Or was just more of an Easter egg? But, like... If this is that moment cuz remember I've been saying for a long we've been saying multiple times over the last few weeks I've not seen a demonstration of how threatening these people are supposed to be. Right? right. And if this is that moment that she's willing to kill her own nephew by having it get eaten by a giant slug yeah. I Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm still not scared. And yeah. as I was saying in the opening of the episode now, obviously, Osira is the villain of the episode, but I just don't find—again, she's nothing. Her and she's nothing more of a to me is more of a schoolyard bully. And
1: yeah, they haven't given us any. One thing I will say—it's just—it's not interesting to me. So we talked about at one point the fact that we don't see anything that our main characters don't see. Yeah. In this season, so it was very—it was very interesting that this was very jarring. Like, oh, wow, we're in the villain's lair and we're watching right. the villain's talk. And, then, right. and it was interesting that there was this, seemingly this whole other aspect that was not addressed, which is she seems to be taking the slugs from the planet and turning them evil. Right. I guess. But that didn't seem to be a point that came up at
0: all yeah well i and i think it has something to do with books people in some way being able to sort of commune with them because don't forget those slugs did kill some of those emerald chain soldiers in the first episode and he yeah. was able to kind of tame it but he had one on his ship he brought it back to his home planet so i think it's their ability to sort of again commune with them and sort of tame them down but
1: yeah i point, guess the, yeah the other aspect too is that how does a slug that eats people benefit a, you know, galaxy-spanning crime syndicate? Right. It doesn't seem like they would be that useful. Well, so maybe we'll see that they're useful and they're integral to their crime operation.
0: But I feel like what wasn't clear to me, so we see her on the salvage planet. That's when she finds out that the Andorian Wren is no longer there. And she's got to find him because he's, which we will get to eventually this, but she's got to find him because he's, he can, he's going to expose something about her and the Emerald chain that can't get and out. She,
1: and she so, said that, right? To the nephew? Or, uh,
0: I don't think she does. I believe so, but I don't think she does, but that's, we,
1: we, find we, out later. we
0: learn this later. Right. So we learned
1: the motivation for the actions after
0: right. the culmination
1: which, of the actions.
0: Which we have to get to because I want to set a proper context of it so you, everybody can sort of maybe feel right. the same way we feel. Um,
1: but I'm just saying, even beyond what the secret is, the fact yep. that we didn't know that he had a secret, we just knew she was after some Andorian for ex-quote-unquote right. slave, right, for no particular reason.
0: Right. So, um. But she's on her way to Books Planet and so Discovery has to go out there and they need to observe this, I guess, because they can't they can't intervene. And the reason why so we find out that The burn caused damage to subspace. It shifted the orbit of the moon, which caused tidal changes, and now these sea locusts have now emerged from the ocean, and they consume the harvest, leaving millions on the planet to starve. And the emerald chain provides them with a repellent to push these locusts back to sea, which saves their harvest. But they have to hand over those transworms in exchange, which is what we see her use on her nephew. Yeah. And Book doesn't even know why Osira has come back. So Vance is in surprise. Admiral Vance is in surprise and explains that the chain often contacts, as we said, the pre-warp civilizations in distress. And so Saru suggests they travel to that planet with the legal status of observers, which I didn't really understand but okay so and he says,
1: um, he says maybe the presence of the federation will uh inspire them to act more rationally
0: temper Osira, essentially yeah but um he just says take a defensive posture and you know
1: and jump away if
0: there's any danger right of course they don't so um so so they get there and then you know book and his brother you know not getting along, and then we find out that... And then finally, Osira arrives, and now she demands to have the Andorian, Rin. Yes. And now, I feel like this subplot with Rin wasn't... I feel like it... I don't know about you, I just feel like it wasn't fully landing for me, because I just feel like it wasn't made clear enough like, no, I just what took he it was to doing me, there, and yeah,
1: she wants him back because she's evil. That was how right. I took it, right? But well, we come to find out later he has a very important secret,
0: right? Well, I mean, book goes into why he was important a few episodes back, but I got to tell you, I watched that moment like ten times, and he sp- and like David jealous speeds through the scene. Okay and you're like well, 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 what what well, what what so i i just it's it's a moment of exposition that i feel like was just was just sort of like sped through which in my opinion
1: you know did we get anything useful from it if you listen closely well so yeah we did but it's the
0: problem is is that it's it's all built up to this sort of big reveal that so Rin he he was somebody who attempted to rally people to rebel against Osira, and that's and so it was punishment. You know, she that's why he doesn't have any antenna. Cause she hacked off his antenna and condemned him, condemned him to that salvage yard. Yes. So Rin attempted to try to help all those laborers on that salvage yard as much as he could, but he was treated by a pariah on all sides, mm-hmm. and he befriended Booker. And after he was captured by the after the, after he was later captured by the Emerald Chain and but he you know eventually assisted Book and breaking the labors out of the salvage yard and during the escape he you know that's when remember like he saved Book from the cannon that was the scene that you laughed at <laughs> yeah yeah but even so like all we know about him is that he's somebody who tried to get people to rebel against the against Osira and that's it. So like, other than that, it doesn't feel, you know, you feel like it's something more important. Like what's the, what's the, you know, what is it with him? And I just feel like this was something, I feel like this plot, even though I just kind of recited it to you, I feel like the show didn't do it, doesn't do a good job of making that fully clear.
1: No, and it's totally undercut by what he says at the end. I know you're holding off on on saying, but right. It totally undercuts everything, and then just throws it right WTF over it all. So
0: when Osiris shows up, the first thing she wants from Discovery is she wants him. And as I'm watching this, I'm 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 realizing that kind of the fate of this planet sort of rests in the in whether or not they want to give Rin to her. In other words, if she doesn't, if they don't, she's going to you know cause mass devastation to this planet. Now as I'm watching this, I'm saying to myself, I feel like there's a little bit of a like there's an interesting dilemma moral dilemma in here that I feel like wasn't fully landing. In other words, handing over Rin to save a planet, but I felt like that was never really truly at stake. Like that wasn't the that wasn't the dilemma that I feel like the episode should have been having.
1: Right, and then they hinted yeah. at, it at a moment when Book said, "I'll go." Right, but talk about a time when they could have used the needs of the many outweighed the needs of the few or the one. Right, that would have been perfect. Right, so it was. I
0: felt like the whole sort of, that whole situation was was coming off to be to me as a little bit as like just very disjointed. Be and, but at the same time. It wasn't something that I just that I found very interesting. Like I just right. I wasn't I wasn't interested in this in this plot. And again, even though Adira shows up or not Adira, wow, uh Osara <laughs> shows up and you've got this whole sort of situation going, I just I didn't find it interesting. I didn't find her compelling. I don't feel sort of threatened by this emerald chain. And it's only made worse by the fact that like, yes, they try to make it seem like they are this force that's encroaching on Federation territory. And as we said earlier, they're causing, you know, 50 star systems may collapse because of them. And yet, for some reason, I just don't feel threatened by them. Especially especially in this episode, because they managed to subdue them once again.
1: Right. So, I think I mentioned this before, but there was a... Um Discussion of we're making the Star Wars show, Rebels. Right. We're knowing that Darth Vader was around and realizing we can't use Darth Vader that much because we'll take away all of his, um, you know, threat if we have them defeat him every week. Right. So we've seen at parts of the Emerald Chain defeated. Was this the third or fourth time?
0: Uh, third, I believe.
1: So the first time was just Book and Michael.
0: Mm-hmm. Second time was George O. In the bar. Oh yeah, George o in the bar. With that, with that one dude who we thought who we thought was gonna be the villain.
1: Right. And then it was just George o and Michael against the whole facility uh, two weeks ago. Oh, so fourth time. So fourth right. time. This is the fourth time, yeah. So it's they they've been handily defeated every time. Right. But they keep saying, Oh, they're scary and they have this, you know, capabilities. Now, here's the thing. Now one might argue here but they were they were bombing a whole planet, and they were doing it in a systematic way to destroy the whole planet. But right. they were stopped by?
0: By Detmer on Book Ship and Rin. Yes. Yeah. By a cargo ship. By a cargo ship. <laughs> right. Which, and then what happens? When they leave, they say, she's going to be back in force. I'm just like,
1: I, where is this force we keep hearing I, about?
0: I, I <laughs> and why haven't we seen it already? Yes. Like I, am I supposed to think that there's some massive invasion force out there making its way this way? Like I don't feel, I don't feel like there is this sort of impending, imminent
1: threat coming at me. No, because it has happened. So we've been. It's almost we've been assured. Yes. Kind of like don't no, trust us. They're very scary. They have a big force. They just haven't used it yet. Right. And and
0: look, I know we're kind of jumping all around here with this episode. I know we're not kind of we're kind of not following a structure at this point. So I forgive, think it's not our us. fault. It's forgive us, fault. forgive us, audience. We're juggling a lot, like the episode was doing.
1: Yes. So
0: you know, listeners, please forgive us. But because there was that one of the plot point I want to I need to discuss with regard to the burn. But the what do we find out in the end? What do we find out is the... So, in other words, what do we find out because why does she need Rin back so badly? Please, please, please
1: please tell us this. Okay, so (sighs) Rin, it's not bad enough that he led the rebellion against Osiris. What happened is he has this crucial bit of information that if it ever got out, the whole operation could be uh, compromised. He knows that the Emerald Chain... Does not have a lot of dilithium.
0: Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, uh, oh, okay.
1: Isn't that the case Isn't everywhere? The, right. Like, what is. I kind of wish Detmer had said, uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, he reveals this to, to Tilly. Oh, uh, yeah. But, but he says it, and he's almost like he's, he's looking over his shoulder, like, I don't know if I should tell you this. This is big. Right. This is big. And he even says after, I've never told anybody. Yeah,
0: and I'm thinking like, um, okay. Like, but we know this, <laughs> right? We know this. Yeah, like it's, we know the dilithiums in short supply.
1: Yeah, and we haven't been told like, oh, Emmelchaine's the only one that has like dilithium. They're so great because they have dilithium. No, we didn't get any of that. Right. Like, here's the thing. That can still
0: be the case, but you revealed it as if it's some big secret.
1: Right. And it's just... Like, what if he just said,
0: well, she's out of the, she's running out of dilithium too and she's trying to, you know... They're scrounging for resources and she's trying to... Whatever. But don't...
1: Yeah, or like... It's not a big everyone secret. The, uh, people are so afraid of them because they thought they were the only ones with still had dilithium, but they don't or something. Anything. Right. So, all right, okay. I'm going to do it because it's just that we have to point out uh, you know, it's a it's a trend in the show where yeah. we we get information and then at the moment information, let me put it this way, information comes out of nowhere sometimes in right. the show. Right. And this is one of those times where we didn't even know that Dilithium was a concern. We, we thought everyone was essentially on a level playing field except for Discovery. Yeah. And then we find out no, they, they, people think they have a lot of dilithium, but they don't. But we find out at the same time. So we never get any time to sit with this information that they have dilithium. It's just – it's like the second Red Age. Well, also, let, let's, let's also think about this.
0: I, I see, I see two crucial things you can do to make this more interesting. Okay? Now, if we find out – okay – she's low on dilithium too, which, okay, fine. But she was on that cargo ship, at least we think she was, with Discovery right in front of her, which is chock full of dilithium, right? How come, and I said this before, so not only would it I think it make more sense for her to threaten to take Discovery's dilithium, but it would also, and I said this, a long time ago as a way means of getting a sense of how sort of deadly the universe was what if they try to raid discovery of their dilithium and then it's like oh shit you know this is this is real now right like yeah. i don't I, I just do you know what i mean
1: yeah and i guess i don't know that she knows that they have dilithium
0: Right, and the reason why I say I don't know if she was on that ship is because we haven't. Oh, that's a good point. Seen her in person, and one thing I noticed was that, like, we see her on the view screen, but I noticed that her holographic version that's getting projected, like, it looks a little different. She looks yeah. a little different than when what? she was talking. To, then, so when she's talking to, so she's talking to Saru on the view screen, then you see her. Sort of in person, but as a hologram, talking to Tolos and then to Book's brother, and she looks a little different there than she does on the view screen with Siru. Sort of like the hair looks different. Like it's not a. It almost and she almost looks like a different actress playing her.
1: Do you think this is the Wizard of Oz
0: situation? Might be. I don't know, but yeah. If it weren't for the scene with her nephew, that would work. Yeah, it's just I don't know if there's something there, but it's just. Yeah. And here's something I've got to say. So, we were talking about how we don't fully buy into the threat of her and the Emerald Chain. Now, on the recent episode of the Ready Room, which is the after show, you know, in the beginning of every Ready Room, Episode, they release a new video called Moments of Discovery where they, the, it's like a behind the scenes, it's like a quick behind the scenes look at this, at that week's particular episode. The showrunner Michelle Paradise talking about it and then some people from the episode talking about it. And so it's all about enter, this episode's enter, enter Osira, I think was the name of it. <laughs> and Michelle Paradise said something that I found very interesting. Michelle Paradise, again, is the showrunner for Star Trek Discovery. And she says, um, this is the week, this is when we meet. Osira, and Osira's been name dropped a couple of times, and there were um. So I want to, I know I texted it to you, and I want to pull it up. I want to pull it up exactly, but um. She says Osira's name has been dropped several times earlier in the season, and how they hope, it gives, a sense of dread, and I'm like, because people talk about her like you know, being a little frightened. And I'm like, I never got that sense once. Her name was dropped like six or seven times two weeks ago. Like almost almost at an alarming rate. And I just kept thinking, okay, I know this this, this is Osyraa person. I don't know who she is. Right. But the first
1: time I heard about her, I didn't even make the connection that she was the head of the Emerald Necklace.
0: But but then when I told you that, you said to me, you were like, yeah, but just because you name drop somebody a million times doesn't mean that they're threatening. Yes. You're just name and, and I said, yeah,
1: you, you can't just hope that people will find someone threatening because you talk about them. Well, I mean, yeah. You, so here's the thing: when you name drop, whenever people talk about name dropping, oh, they're really they keep name dropping all these people. they do. You only drop names that people have heard of. Well, you don't drop names for people nobody knows because it doesn't mean anything
0: and that and also like she was name dropped in a sort of like almost threatening way but it wasn't to the level that they want us viewers to be afraid of them they they didn't like yes it's like oh if we don't do this osiris going to kick my ass like it wasn't like that but i just i never got the sense that osiris was this sort of like unstoppable you don't want to fuck with me Person. I just thought, uh, okay, well, it's clearly somebody we're going to meet, somebody who's obviously important because they keep saying her name. But I have no sense of who this person – I have no sense of the threat that this person is posing.
1: Oh, and as I mentioned, we needed a, a Death Star Alderon moment. We did. Because we did. that sort of shows – and I guess maybe her carpet bombing this planet was supposed to be that? It's a, little, it's, a, it's a little too, late it's a little, that, little too late. it's a little too late for that.
0: Yeah, too little too late. I mean, think of it like this. I wrote this down as a note. I don't know if it's going to come across correctly, but I'm going to try. Like, how much more interesting would it have been if Osaira actually carried out her threat and caused massive devastation to Book's world? And yes. would not only give us a better idea of her power, but, I mean... Would that in turn potentially motivate the Federation to figure something out and have some drive to actually do something about all of this, or I love at least that. for themselves? Like,
1: I love that. Imagine this too. Imagine that she's bombing right, and she starts shooting at Discovery, and we take away the whole thing with um, uh, Detmer and Bookship and Discovery has a moment of like, what do we do? And Saru makes a difficult choice. We have to follow Vance's orders. And they, right. boom, they book it out of there, right? And then after they come back to see what happened and the planet is just like totally devastated. I mean And it's a low moment for the crew and everybody to be like, oh my God, look what we You know? Yeah, because think that of it That would have like, been great. And think of it like this. If she did
0: that so, like it, it's almost like it dawns on the Federation in some way that Saru says something like, "See, this is what is happening out there because you are not yes. trying to do anything about any of this."
1: Yes, it'll be like, "I followed your orders this time, but you know, we, th- this is not what Starfleet is. Starfleet protects people. Starfleet helps people. Blah blah blah." Right. Oh my God, I'm I'm into this imaginary show that we're writing. <laughs> I mean. Look, we're in a
0: different world now. Okay, yes, the Federation's in quote-unquote survival mode, but as you and I have said, we don't know what their mandate is. We don't know what we don't know what their mission is, and we don't we we have seen no motivation from them to try to get back to a pre-burn to pre-burn levels, right? And if the if that happened to Book's planet, it would even make it would potentially even give Book an interesting. Moment, and add to his character. Like, look what happened to my home world. Like, yeah, right.
1: And then it could have been conflict with Michael, and we're like, Michael, you 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 say that the fleet is so great, and you're gonna dedicate your life to Look what they let happen. I mean, oh, then we get drama.
0: Think of all the times like where Picard is had it out with admirals, where Cisco has had it out with admirals.
1: Mm. Like, within yeah.
0: a within a clash of the Federation ideals and. Like, I just feel like that's that would be a way for Saru to kind of point out that you need to get back to who you used to be. You need to, this is happening out there, and you're not doing anything about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, oh my god, it would have been great. And it would have been an opportunity to pick back up a drop storyline. Remember when Saru lost his, he entered puberty, and he became very aggressive? Yes. They kind of dropped that. So, it would have been nice to have that come back too, because he could have kind of lost his cool a little bit. I just see, and it's things like that,
0: like w- that, would have made the episode more interesting. Like that's why I was saying. I feel like there's some there's a there's a moral dilemma deep down. Of, deep down, of, they have not they just they just have not rooted out properly. There's so much more they can do with this, and they're just not doing it. Yeah. I mean, granted, look, everybody has a better idea for a show in their head, right? I get no, it. But- no.
1: <laughs> I, I'm just going to push back a little bit. Just been ma- I, I never watched The Wire and was like, oh, I really uh, – you know what they should have done? No. No, well, no, 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 no. This is epidemic level that you and I have better ideas all the time. And I don't care anymore. I'm Henry Grant mode and I just don't. Even care. Well, you know what? You know what? Well, I just want to say this. While we were doing that, I, I I Googled Michelle Paradise. I had never actually done that before.
0: Xena, Warrior Princess.
1: No. Uh, uh, a um, a spin off of Vampire Diaries. You know what Vampire Diaries
0: is? I know the name. I've never watched it.
1: It's like a teen soap opera with
0: vampires. Oh, when you were saying. Trashy ABC
1: shows. <laughs> well, that's not even her. That's somebody else. But that's a, even right. trashier. And she right. wasn't even on the main Vampire Diaries. I mean, you know, God bless her. She was a Canadian mm. who made a Canadian TV show about her style. Like, well, she played the – she started it and produced it. So good for you. But it was this little, like, indie drama thing. Yeah. And then she does Vampire Diaries, and now she's running Star Trek. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's just – I mean – and see i think what you and i did
0: that's the kind of like that's the star trek sheen that the episode needed to make it i think i mean we think a little bit more compelling because i again i feel like there was a moral center in there someplace that just wasn't fully executed on
1: and I think it would have been really cool to have Discovery do the wrong thing. Right. And then see the outcome and then have that kick him into gear. Well, and I also As it is, it's like the show's so flat.
0: Well, I thought to myself, imagine if Discovery intervenes and causes a war and then it's like, "Oh shit, we just did what Michael did." Oh yeah. Like I, I don't mean a few weeks ago. Like we just did what Michael did. We caught co- the way Michael caused the Klingon war. Like we oh yeah. shit, we just did the same thing. But yeah. like in a way, it also kind of opens their eyes to being like maybe Michael did do the right thing back then.
1: Oh, that, like that. See, and that you know, would have been great. Like, I, don't, I don't, I, don't know, but but yeah, it's just, like we said, they don't remember. They don't, they don't, they don't remember. Should sure they remember? But they don't continue elements that they introduced at the end of last season. Never mind. Right. Two seasons ago.
0: Right. It's just, but I will say this, I will say this. We're not doing like season two level of complaints. In other words, like things that just don't make sense. Things that we're critiquing choices they made. We're, we're, we're critiquing artistic choices they made. We're doing like film criticism in a way. Which I think is good, but I'm not going to give Discovery any points for doing something right, like, from the point yeah. of view of, like, okay, you, you wrote a concise story, I'm not going to give you points, that that's what you should be doing. But it's like, it's one of these things, like, I see potential in there, and it's just, they're not, it just wasn't able to,
1: yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and the other thing, if, if it had gone down that way, that would make that moral choice that you talked about, the focus, and then we could actually spend some time on it. Right. But as it was, even the main storyline sort of had two storylines in it. One was, the, um, do they turn over the Andorian? The other one was, they never even dealt with, was the morality of trading the slugs for the pesticide. Right. And none of them were really addressed in any real way. Because it also gives...
0: I think it also gives Discovery as a crew that sense of we can, remi- we can still remind the Federation who we are. Because they're not. My hope was, and I've seen glimmers of it more specifically last week, that they would come in and say and try to remind the Federation and get them back on track of who they used to be. But they're kind of like, okay, Admiral, what do you need us to do now? Like, right. they're not, I, w- I would hope there would be some pushback there to say, like, why are we doing this? Like, you know, you need yeah. to, so I, I don't, I'm not saying Saru is to question the Admiral at everything he says, but, but like. wouldn't
1: that have been a great setup to question him? Right. And here's the other thing, right? So the using, so it was kind of like this cute thing. Well, if we get the fire on them from a non-Federation ship, meaning books, cargo ship, then that technically is not a b it's not starting a war. But this is a criminal enterprise, right? A criminal empire. Do you think that they're going to care about the semantics? of like, Well, it wasn't actually a Federation ship, so therefore, you criminal empire, you don't get to be mad at us. Right. And it didn't work, of course. I mean, so why have that whole cute little bit?
0: Imagine if Osiris... Made good on her threat and caused that devastation. Okay, but let's also say for a second Discovery didn't intervene and, yeah. jumped, and jumped out of it They there. follow Vance's orders and they and jump out, out of there. it. They go back. They're and not Book's, happy about it.
1: And Buck is pleading with them to not abandon this planet and, and do it anyway.
0: They go they back. They put him in the
1: brig. They put him in the brig. Oh,
0: they go back drama. and they report to Vance. This is what happened. And then, like, you have that moment where, like, um, maybe after Saru tells Vance what happened, he could say like, you know, Admiral, permission to speak freely. I don't think like this is not the way to do this. With all due respect, we can't just sit by. I realize we don't have the numbers, but you know, this isn't like this is not who we are, Admiral.
1: Yeah, but there's right and there's wrong, or something. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, and then we, so people are dying because of our and because people are oh is this something familiar? People are dying because of our inaction. No. <laughs> no, no, like what well, pandemic? Oh, yes,
1: people are yeah. dying to the election. yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so what I mean by the show being flat,
0: yeah,
1: is that even though they're in the future, and the, the universe is terrible. We haven't really seen anything like a low point for them. You know, I mean, we insisted. Oh, everybody misses their families, even though they willingly went into the future. knew they wouldn't see their families. They insisted. Everybody's upset. Everybody's upset. Right. But, you know, I'm thinking and, you know, I always bring Star Wars into it. But the end of Empire Strikes Back, Luke just got his hand cut off. Han is captured. Um, you know, they're in rough shape. Right. And that's you want your your main characters to like hit a low so they can rise back up from it. You don't want everything to just kind of yeah. Be there's sad. A, like, um, oh, we win at the end of every episode kind of. There's some kind of
0: I've heard it talk I've heard it referenced in regard to writing a trilogy. Like in episode one, you drive your characters up a tree. In episode two, you throw rocks at them. And in episode three, you bring them back down. I forget what the third rule is, but like you bring you bring them in the third one, you bring them down somehow. Or they overcome something like that. It's it's all about like putting your characters through the ringer, yes, essentially, Where, and they eventually, yeah.
1: This one is just like they don't nobody goes through the ringer. There's just little like stuff happens, and none of it has any meaning or any impact. Well, I think it's it's also let's let's also
0: be honest about one more thing. Okay. I don't feel like this is a story that is well I feel like you could do this on one of the other Trek shows with very little with very little tweaking to it. In other words, I don't feel like this is something specific to the future. I mean, little tweaking in the sense of like the whole dilithium thing the numbers of the Federation ships thing, but I feel oh, like yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have to change much in order to make it
1: right a civilization right. that's trading its endangered animals for this thing and it's like right. yeah this bad villain comes and right. they have yeah that that could see out on next gen right easily right and you know
0: yeah i just I, I i see i saw potential in there for for a good moral a good how do i want to say this a good morality tale and it wasn't i just don't think it was fully no. Realized. No. And I think as a result, it was just became. It was just a very. It was a very boring. I, I was bored through a lot of it. And yeah. it just because I wasn't interested in this storyline. And as I said, I don't find Osira and the Emerald Chain to be particularly interesting yeah. or compelling right now. And, 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 and I think we're too late for that.
1: Here's this really sad part yeah. that I just realized. And this is very sad. Hmm. <laughs> um. We always talk about how we wish these other crew characters had more storylines and whatnot, right? Yeah. Well, I think that was supposed to be the culmination of Detmer's storyline. Right. This was supposed to be her triumphant overcoming of well, something that we never fully understood. That was one of my notes.
0: I thought to my, I, I wrote down my notes, and I was like, okay, so is her thing – are we past this now? Like, wh- do we know what it is yet? Like, what? are we still going to be
1: exploring this? Like, what is it? It Isn't seems something? like now she's she's pushed through and over, that and overcome it. That's the because uh, I'm, 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 I'm very okay. I don't care. A Little cynical tonight, but that's the <laughs> best they can do. That's the best they can do to give a character an actual story arc. Is well, Detmer I, being upset about something, but we're not sh- totally sure what it is? But then she gets to take bookship and blow something up. No, I,
0: I'm going to push back a little bit. I, I'm not. I'm not convinced this is the end of it just yet. I don't think so.
1: I think that was all set up for this big emotional moment. That's my yeah. Favorite.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say though, them discovery not attacking and them using book ship was a good idea, but it still produced the same result if discovery had attacked them.
1: Yes, and it was and just the logic of it to think that a cargo ship and Would this thing know? that looks like a like an imperial cruiser, well, and they took it out. She took it out with relative ease.
0: Well, and I'll right. Like I thought to myself, did they not see it come out of Discovery's Discovery's <laughs> show? It's
1: it like, like, like
0: a, yeah. What do they say? Oh, All right, we'll be right back. It's you like know,
1: police officers say like, "Oh, I'm yeah, gonna take my badge off," and then it's not police. It's not wrong if I take my badge off. Right. Come right,
0: on, man. exactly. And like, yeah. And again, I thought to myself, okay, that's. All right, interesting. But the thing flew right out of Discovery's shuttle <laughs> bed. I yeah. mean, oh, it was, no, it's not us. We don't know. I don't, like, know. I don't know where it came from. Like, what's the thing? Like, it wasn't even, like, Osiris' ship wasn't like, where the hell did that ship come from? <laughs> 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 oh, my. Like, nobody nobody even brought that up. Like, that, that, where did that come from? Like, nobody, no, at one point, nobody said, you don't think nobody's going to wonder where the, where the hell that ship came
1: from? <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Or, or so, like the best the best case scenario is they would think it came from the planet's surface and then they'd be even more mad at that planet. Right. Well, That's it, the I best mean, case. It's I think it's
0: so I think the the logic behind it was it's books ship. I don't know what the rest of his people's ship if they have ships look like. So maybe but nevertheless it still came out of Discovery Shuttle Bay.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, so, I mean, is, what, what are they going to do? Are they going to j- jump to the other side of the planet and say, oh, we'll be right back? And then <laughs> then it comes out, then they come back? Like,
1: Yeah, they didn't even try to, like, you know, they, they could have put something dumb in, like, oh, we're going to go out the back and then circle or orbit the planet and come off to the other side or something. Right. Like, somebody on the bridge should have been like, how are you going to do that? We're, yeah, we're, logic, we're, right hand. Hand.
0: we're like this far apart from each other.
1: That might fly on a Vampire Diaries spinoff, but not on Star Trek. Well, I'm going to give you something else. I'm going to give you something else. Book's ship can cloak.
0: <laughs> we saw it cloak when it goes into Discovery's shuttle bay earlier in the season. The thing can cloak. So you could have... Oh. All right. That's our season. Up until this point, it's been fine. That's If you want to talk about like, yeah. plot holes or stupid, here we, here we yeah. are. She didn't know how to do it, though. Here we are. She they didn't, didn't know how to do it. They didn't... Keep the, they didn't do a good job with the deception on that one. So
1: Yeah. So you were saying how, like, you know, it's not about plot holes. It's about the So it's not about plot holes. It's about being bad. Right. It's about not being good episodes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I guess in some ways, you know, it doesn't matter because it didn't really relate to the burn anyway, so we can sort of write it off as of being like, okay, whatever, it's fine. Like, except for the fact yeah. that
1: we're going to spend a significant amount of time with this Osiris lady, I believe. Right. Right. Because now and, she's bringing the full force of the Emerald Chain. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was
0: also googling um, the episode because I like to read reviews from different sites. I think it was, I think it was that it was, but they said, um, you know. This week's episode of Discovery, it's a big deal. It's the long-awaited arrival of Star Trek's next big villain. And I go, who? Were they being serious? Yeah. And I'm like, Wait, what? Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's... Um... You're very Bostonian of you. Oh, my God. Well,
1: yeah, that was my impersonation of a Bostonian. I... I, I mean... Again, man, I... It's like that certain podcast that I listened to and I just thought, like, well, what show are these people watching that they're talking about the brilliant story of uh, character moments well, in this episode? I, I'm going to tell you something.
0: So people on the posters on the Trek PBS were also not crazy about this episode either. Um, and they've all, they're all kind of echoing our sentiments in terms of Osira and the Emerald chain. Some have said not properly set up, not properly set up prior. I don't find her very interesting or compelling. She's just she's no different than a school like a I think as I said a schoolyard bully,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and look, Star Trek is very, like, I wouldn't say they have the best track record when it comes to villains. They've definitely got some good villains, but right. overall, like if you think of the films, there's like two that are good: Khan, obviously, and the Borg Queen. Otherwise, mm, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, and. General yeah, chain, thing. I think, is okay too, but yeah.
1: When you look at especially say next gen and you talk about like the best episodes, none of them have a villain. That's the thing. Like I The burn could be the villain. I, I said this on the Trek BBS. I go,
0: why do we even need a villain? I thought the show was going fine <sighs> with a mystery. Like I, I with the addition of the I didn't mind the Emerald Chain being like the you know the background sort of nuisance, thorn in my thorn on our occasional thorn in our side,
1: right? Or a reason that we can't, right? Do all the things it wants to do, right? And look, at this point, I still we still don't
0: know. I mean, it we're just basing it off of the threat that we were issued at the end of the episode. Are they going to be this overwhelming force? Are they trying to set it up like that? I, I, I don't know if that's going to be the result, I but who knows, but. The addition of Osira and the Emerald Chain to this level, I don't feel like makes the makes the season more interesting.
1: No, no, I think it makes it better. So I have this theory, and I've talked about it with you a few times, that because of what Akiva Goldsman said about this being the action-adventure Star Trek series, yeah, it's my theory that there's this movement from the producers... To like, let's get, put some more action in there. Let's get a yep. villain in there. And I even had the theory that um, someone probably didn't want Unification Part 3 to to be that kind of an episode. Because right. there was no action, there was no adventure. There was no firing, there was no space battles. So, and it just seems like if you take the the majority of the episodes, mm. they, they cram in some kind of Action that's not that motivated, yeah, and not that interesting, and it seems like that's the default. And I could definitely see people pushing and saying, "Yeah, but we need a villain. What about a villain?" It's like kind of forcing them. So maybe it's not the writers. Maybe producers are telling them, "Oh yeah, make sure you get a villain in there." But, like I, I just, this is th- this, mm, like this
0: is where season two went off the rails when they introduced a villain. They didn't stick with a mystery. We're
1: on the same point in the season, too. Listen.
0: I just think, like, why can't we just have an interesting mystery? I mean, yes, I can understand, like, wanting a villain or villains to kind of be the one to push back. But, like, I don't feel like I need this. Like, why can't it be a different... Like, oh, I'm at a point now where I can get some critical information on The Burn, but I can't because the, cause of the bad guy of the week is in my way, or something like that. Right!
1: There could have been like little warlords all over, so they didn't have to have a big bad. Right. And then you could have had all these interesting characters, you know? It could have been all different aliens that we know, like a Gorn warlord and a salt vampire warlord. And that's your
0: way of sort of giving us a taste of what these legacy species, how they've been affected by the burn, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And I just... Adding a overall villain for the rest of the remainder of the season, again, to, re- to restate, for me, is not making the season more interesting. In fact, it's making it less interesting because now I'm now afraid like this is now going to get in the way. This is now going to take the center seat. Yes, of I think so. This is now going to be the main plot of the season when we have this when we have this burn thing going on that
1: yeah right, and they'll probably have you know some more spectacle of space battles and things, which right you know I, I make the joke um that Detmer was uh, a better pilot than Anakin, yeah because it really reminded me of the opening of episode three with uh, obi-wan and Anakin flying uh, you know attacking the the droid ships yeah. And, um, Um, you know, I just don't want to, I don't, it's not, it's not, it's not good.
0: So, the last bit of the episode that did not get a lot of screen time was the burn itself. So, we learned that they have triangulated the exact position of where the burn originated from. And they are able to find out that there is currently, it's in a, it's in a place called the Verubian Nebula. Verubian Nebula. And... Within the center of this is a Federation distress call. Now, immediately you're like, "Oh, that's very compelling." That's compelling, right? Let's get away from that real quick," said the writers. <laughs> Let's get away from that for the next forty five minutes. Um, but they they and they say, "Okay, well, Adira, Adira is going to write an algorithm that's going to take a couple of hours." And we'll know more when the algorithm when the algorithm is done writing. And, I, and I'm thinking, okay, great. And and I, I so that takes a backseat. They focus on this Osira, uninteresting Osira Emerald Chain book planet stuff, because now you've set up you've set up something compelling with the burn, and that's that's where I want it. That's what I want to know more about. And you you would think, you would think that when the episode comes full circle. When they revisit this thread, oh, the algorithm is still being written, and then we don't even see anything. And I thought to myself, there there was such a good opportunity for a cliffhanger that something comes up at the very last second that leads us into next week. Like, I felt like there was a moment in this episode that a cliffhanger was supposed to go, and it just didn't.
1: Yeah, I, I sort of joked that I said that the the it, the episodes end when they run out of time. These episodes, when they cram all the different storylines, right? It, it just because feels like, it, oh, we hit the fifty minutes. We better stop. There's ends, no kind of beginning, middle, and end.
0: It ends with Adira asleep in the lab, and then Stamets and Culber are in there, and we find out the uh, algorithm is still being written.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it was it was a prime moment. For something to get revealed at the last second, and it didn't. And what what frustrates me is that the episode ended as if they were taking a week-long commercial break. Yes. Like there was no sort of morsel for next week.
1: Yes. So that's very well put. A week-long commercial break. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. I'm just like... (sighs) Yeah. That's why I feel like we've gotten nowhere. I Here's a fascinating thing. In weird, but cool, but not fitting. So I really actually liked the scene where Adira tells Stamets that they prefer gender-neutral pronouns. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think it worked in this episode, but here's the thing. I teach high school and I've had the same conversation with students that are transgender or not sure about their gender. And it was so well, that was well done. It was well written, it was well acted. The way Adira had this kind of, she was almost seemed to be a little bit, I'm sorry, they seemed to be a little bit afraid of how Stamets would react. And that's exactly the interaction that I've had with students. And so I was impressed with how realistic that was mm-hmm. and how that's something you don't see on TV a lot. But at the same time, I think the cool thing about Star Trek has always been that we're in the future. People are over their prejudices. Yep. And but if they're so over the prejudices that they don't even mention it. Right. Right. No one ever explained, why is there a Russian on the bridge of a ship with people that clearly are American? Or, why is there a black woman on a spaceship? It just... The message was that, look, this is so normal that no one even talks about it.
0: I think it's, I think it's the first thing you said. I think it's because you don't hear it on TV. So I get that. Me too. But I also understand, yeah but when you when you think but, about the world that we're in the star trek world that's not something that they would say it would just be it would just be something that it it would, it would have to go it would go unsaid it wouldn't need to be said
1: yes everyone yeah. would be totally cool with it Right. and that would be the message the message yeah. would be in the future people are going to be beyond their hang-ups about gender it's and true. they're just going to be cool with everything
0: i remember patrick stewart said in an interview one time that when this was way back when next generation was beginning. And I think they were having a, a press conference with the new ca- with the then new cast of next generation. And one of the things that people were sort of criticizing the show about early on was how do you, why do you, how do you go from a young dashing captain Kirk to a, I think they, they referred to him as a bald Englishman. And, <laughs> what? and somebody, wrong? I know it's so That's ridiculous. Hilarious. And somebody, and somebody asked, Patrick Stewart, and they said, why would, surely by the 24th century, they would have found a cure for baldness. And Roddenberry stepped in and said, no, in the 24th century, no one will care.
1: Yeah. Good answer, Roddenberry. Yeah. Good answer.
0: I mean, so yeah, it's, it's, but I get it on, I get it on both, on both levels. I I I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm so glad they did it, I, but and I can understand. I can the the two positions you made, I can see it. On, I can see it from both. But there were other things in this. There were some things in this episode that I did like. I really liked within the universe, Saru trying to figure out what his captain's catchphrase is going to be. That was fun, which I thought was a lot of fun, and. It was refreshing to for them to take Saru and give him some really funny things to do. And it just as I'm watching this, as I'm watching and there were and there were those awkward moments and I thought to myself those like those awkward humorous moments, and I thought to myself, This feels really refreshing. I want more of this. Like this works really well for him. I want right. to have more of this. And, and it again, is I, Yeah.
1: Well once again, wildly inconsistent as the show is this thing just this awkwardness that makes perfect sense sort of comes out of nowhere well, I'll I'll put it this I'll push back a little bit I
0: think I think there were definitely opportunities in the past but I think because now he's the captain and he's in this role that he is not really that he's still new to he's trying to sort of find his niche and find his sort of, like, groove as a captain. Yes.
1: But he has right. been the captain for eight episodes.
0: True. But I think he's only been the captain for four episodes officially, under Starfleet. Before he was just acting captain. Now he's literally actually captain.
1: Mm. So... yeah, um, I, I'm willing to bet you also really liked the fact that he talked about Pike.
0: I did. But... I'm happy for you because you wanted it to happen on Picard, but they had it here. That's
1: right. Yeah, so which, in Picard, yeah. I, I had this great scene written in my head. That it was perfect. It was exactly what you wanted. <laughs> when Picard was on the ship with the crew, he would you know, have the moment and the, the next-gen theme would swell up and he would say, Engage! And everybody would look at him and say, Huh? What? Yeah. What the yeah. hell does that mean? Right. Um, but that's what happened with Sura, so I'm glad it happened. I he think said, somebody um, uh, was listening to our podcast and got an idea for a scene. He said, um,
0: he said execute. Yeah, execute. Yeah. Because I think what's great about it is that throughout Trek history, pretty much every captain has their own kind of catchphrase. But it's never been something – there's never been sort of an in-universe – thread of that right it's not like you saw Kirk walking down the hall th- trying to think about what his <laughs> you know
1: so, not in character for him
0: <laughs> I like that they brought that sort of into the into the world Lord and I God. just I, 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 I truly appreciated that and I thought it was really funny me I too, me just, too. I, what was Kirk's well as I'm running through it I, they all didn't have something
1: yeah did he say take us out
0: he said you said that a lot picture, but yeah um, mm-hmm. He said steady-as-she-goes a lot. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, he liked
1: that maritime <laughs> but, stuff.
0: I mean, Picard had many. Janeway had... Do it. Uh, <laughs> Archer seemed to have one. He would occasionally say, let's go. Pike would say, hit it. Cisco didn't really have one, I don't think. and
1: But he wasn't hitting anything or engaging yeah. anything. Um <sighs> Yeah, Kirk.
0: I mean, I think people would say "Beam me up, Scotty," but he actually never spoke those exact words. So yeah,
1: um, yeah, he I, must I have said something though when he wanted them to go. <laughs> a
0: head warp factor. He would. A lot of times he would end the show by saying a head warp factor of something, Mister. Right, but like nothing. Oh, yeah. I feel like was repeatable. Like I can't think of anything. Nothing jumps to comes to mind. All
1: right, that's yeah, fine,
0: but, um. I do want to revisit one quick thread with you before we wrap up. So you've had this theory over the last couple of weeks that the Federation might be hiding something. Yes. And it's, it's, it's coming out more in the way people are talking about it. And there was that one particular line where um, Rin says to um, Tilly, he mentions Federation summer camp. And she's like, that's not a thing.
1: Yes. You, yes. You feel like there's said,
0: something sinister going on
1: there. When I was young, you, you nothing would scare an Andorian kid more than telling them you'd send them to Federation summer camp. Yeah. And so that like, makes one think. Yeah. I, I if, ah, uh, boy, if there, I, there's got to be something. Well, all this stuff would just be. Think about. Think about all those. Think of like,
0: the United States as adversaries right and sort of the reputation it might have within the people of its country there are things like things that are said probably similar to that and like that's not just something you make up that's based off of something that we may have done or somebody had heard like there's the you know there's there's a basis in reality for that i think right
1: however like <laughs> yeah. absurd it might be yes
0: but it starts someplace and then just gets so twisted that it becomes that right so like what is it in this case? I'm I'm beginning to be more to jump more on board with this. Yeah, first, especially like, when
1: you add that to the pot of evidence. Yeah. Because remember, we have the president of Navarre saying um, uh, something to Saru. Oh, this was the last in a long line of things that the Federation had done to us. Yeah.
0: Like there's a there's a reputation there that. Yes. Uh, that and would, then you had in the trial.
1: Yeah. She said, Cause Starfleet is committed to its best ideals. And the woman said, you sound certain of that. As if, like... Yeah. Doesn't sound like the Starfleet I know. Right. Um, and then you've got... Shady Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. So I think there's enough evidence to suggest... That um, Starfleet was doing something shady. Yeah. I hope it's true, because I... It's yeah, going feel like you, the you board plant, all over again. Well,
0: you plant seeds like that. If, I mean, I'm saying this in general, not pertaining to discovery, but you plant seeds like that for a reason. Uh, hopefully. Like, why do you... Well, I'm just saying in general, you're supposed to, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't just mean, like, you plant seeds, discovery, for a reason. But, like, you're supposed... if you You say those sort of things for a reason, right? I mean, I've heard you say things like this before. Like, why mention... I think I think it, you've mentioned it in the sense of like on Picard or even earlier on Discovery when a specific like if somebody mentions like a specific book like when they were talking about Alice in Wonderland you were like you don't choo- you don't just choose Alice in Wonderland there's a reason why you choose you you choose to reference that book specifically yeah there better like, be if
1: like you're writing con-
0: it's there's good. like there's got to be a conscious decision and you actually used to do that remember like whenever they would mention a book title on these shows either you knew, or you would look it up and say, here's what that is, and try to read something into that.
1: Yes, and I will say that Picard, it always was true. It it did kind of work, and a little bit on early Discovery Season 1. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, through the
0: looking glass, it was obvious that was the mirror universe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so I think, so overall... um, Yeah, I mean, the episode, I just thought, I'm just going to settle on, like, I'm not going to say it was bad, it sucked. I'm just like, yeah, it was fine. It's not going to be an episode I would revisit. It just, it focused on something that I just did not find the least bit compelling. And took away from the things that I found to be more interesting. I mean, I know I'm going on about me, but, you know, in this case, it is about me. Because this is how I feel about the episode. Yeah. it, It was a story that I just wasn't, you know, interested in. But... I think I'm not I'm not gonna make excuses or anything Good. like that, but I also don't want to lose sight of the fact that you know whenever we say take an issue with Discovery or something like that, like and then we'll say like yeah, but Next Generation did this, you know. Don't forget, Next Generation had shitty episodes too. Like they all had bad episodes at one time or another, right? Right. And so the
1: difference, obviously, being that they had what 25 episodes they had to do. And I think, right. And
0: I think that's what makes this a little bit more frustrating because it's almost like, okay, you've got 26 episodes a season. You're kind of, you're allowed to do some more shittier episodes because yes.
1: And you have to have a complete story for each episode. Right. And so, so in other words, an idea like the burn, right? That would give the, the whoever's writing, uh, Next gen. That okay? There's one episode. What else you got? Well, it's you need 25 interesting ideas, and and
0: it's one of those things that okay, if you're watching, say the first season of Next Generation, which I think on the whole people don't think is a great season. I don't think it's that bad. I think there are some good episodes in that. But there was this attitude of, all right, well that one wasn't good. Well, there's always next week, Mm, right? Right. But also, understand this. One of the reasons why. this particular model is being adopted, I think, for American TV. And when I say this model, like abbreviated seasons, because this is something they do in the UK. Mm-hmm. The reason they would do this in like the UK, like when you watch like a sitcom in the UK, they'll do like five episodes or ten episodes a season. It's it's so they don't get burnout.
1: Uh, burnout.
0: Well, I mean, in other words, Burn. like why do? You, okay, I'll use a better example. Why do you think Curb Your Enthusiasm, a show that we love, doesn't come back every year? It only comes back when Larry has an idea, has some ideas. Well, I think Larry's lazy too. Well, but in other words, he's not just going to do it because the network wants ten more episodes. He's only going to do it when he's got an idea, right? Right, and he does it within these this ten block of ten episodes, and you know. I know it's a comedy show, and while more or less the episode is self-contained, he's got, like, one little thread that that's being threaded across the entire season, right? Yeah. But, like, it's all the more frustrating when you have, like, a bad episode in an already... Like, okay, I'm waiting a year, a year, a year and a half for, 10, for 13 episodes, and I think yeah. the point of doing abbreviated seasons was so you could focus on the quality of them and now again this is an art right so like they may think it's a great episode I particularly don't think it's a great episode but
1: right but if that's where next gen episode you didn't like Osiris it's like alright well I never have to see Osiris again after that episode right in this case you gotta spend six months with Osiris or three months whatever right. it is so in this
0: case it's like I can't just write it off and say okay well whatever
1: because we you got more gonna,
0: Osiris coming unless it's Lower decks. So yeah but but we're yeah um,
1: is- <laughs> Right, a different different creature altogether. I, you know,
0: yeah. So it, it's more frustrating when it's an abbreviated season, and it's a season telling a longer storyline. That when you have one episode that wasn't that great, but it's introducing elements that are going to be, it's going to be coming back. To, they're going to be coming back to. You're like, ugh. Oh. so now, like now, I'm stuck with this for the remainder of the of the season. So, yeah. How, so in the end, what what are your kind of final thoughts on this on this rather disjointed episode
1: um it was boring yeah and yeah it was boring also one of the things I didn't mention is there was some serious bro energy going on and I don't mean because book and his brother were brothers but just their whole vibe was like yeah very mm, manly and we're a bro <laughs> I didn't like it So it was just, it was just, um, it was a mess, a mess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, But given that we got a good morsel for what's going to happen next week, I'm now, and again, I'm now intrigued. I'm now compelled by this Jojo stuff. Now I want to see, okay, what's going on here? So, I'm, so in that sense, I'm looking forward to to next week, because it seems like we're at least going to get the needle moving on that. And right.
1: We've hope, been waiting a long time for the needle to move. But think about it this way. We've been waiting a few weeks for the needle to move on that. We've been waiting, what, a, over a decade for the needle to move on the temporal wars. So
0: Right. That. Um, oh, and I will say really quick before we wrap. So on the burn itself and the distress signal the federation distress signal so nothing we can't theorize we have no idea but one theory that seems to be getting a lot of traction on the trek bbs is that people are like i think that's the i think that's discovery sending out the distress call and it's the discovery from calypso i'm like okay but where's the evidence of that and like nobody's been able to back that they just think that that's what it could be
1: wouldn't it be cool
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, if it's Discovery, oh, uh, okay. Um, And if that's revealed next week, it's coming from the Discovery. I'm going to be like, what?
1: That's another second Red Angel. angel. (laughs) Right. So
0: I think think what they're doing is they want to try to connect it somehow to the Discovery of Calypso, because it's not the refit Discovery, and they're trying to somehow shoehorn Calypso into this. I mean, I see no reason why it would be the discovery from Calypso, um, but I also see why it wouldn't be. There's just been no evidence to. to,
1: Yeah, I don't see any evidence that it's anything else either.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, that's what I want to know about. And so, but I'm really, I'm hoping that this is the last of the of episodes like this. I mean, I'm not expecting to see Osira next week. I mean, the good news is. There's only five episodes left, and I don't think she's going to be in every single one of them. So, oh, uh,
1: right, right, yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, mentioning the distress call reminded me. We didn't even talk about the fact that the distress call is coming was from inside the, the house. Was the song that everybody, all these disparate people, have been? Oh, right, right. We didn't humming and singing, and I don't. Well, I, I don't. I'm, doesn't I? Well, I still don't know
0: because I mean. Well, like it started out that way, and then they filtered out all the noise, and it turns out to be a distress signal. And I just kind of thought, oh, okay, well, okay, well, I guess it's not the song now.
1: No, I don't think it's a coincidence, though. No, it's not a like coincidence, but I, 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 guess I have nothing to, <laughs> I have nothing to go on. I, I, the only thing I have to go on is Battlestar Galactica.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: because there was that song that everyone knew, well, the Bob Dylan's song, right? But, I yeah. So that's another element that is we've gotten no clues on or no well, they, anything to think about. They also, but the thing is, they haven't done enough of it. They
0: they did they they've done before this. They did it twice. They first on the on that ship.
1: Yeah, the, the de- seed ship, and then um, then Adira's boyfriend, right. And then Michael was singing it. And I just thought like,
0: okay, it's some tiny little mystery, but like, I'm not, I'm not vying for answers on it right now because it's not something that sort of in my own head right now. It's not something that to me feels very important um, because I'm not seeing any sort of connective tissue between that and what's going on throughout the may not get the season. And there very well may not, may not be. But I think that's not the mystery I'm most interested in right now. And they haven't given us much on it anyway.
1: I agree, but it's also the mystery that is the most..., um, I don't know, it almost seems magical, you know yeah, like supernatural or something. like it, it makes it's almost the most interesting mystery in that it's so far out. So you got a distress call from a ship that distorted makes a melody that Adira who was on earth oh wait but then also they had um, all the other entities from the trill so maybe that somehow plays into it yeah and then the seed guy was doing. I don't see any way the seed guy connects to any of those. You know, there's no connection between the different places yeah. of the melody.
0: It's, it's, that's, a, that's, that's the issue I'm running into with the show is that it's, it's difficult to find some kind of connection between them all, the different mysteries being presented to us, and, and I think because I can't do that. I'm now prioritizing which mysteries I want to know the most about. Now, as I said, there may not be a connection. And if not, that's okay, fine.
1: My feeling is, if there's not, then why did you bother? Well, I mean,
0: can it just be its own mystery? Right? On its own. Oh, but, now it is, but I think
1: now it's tied into the bird.
0: Right. Well, that's right. No, you're right. And so... But even then, there's not enough information there yet for me to go on. So I just—it's not that I don't care. It's just I—I I, there's nothing to think about. There's nothing to think about right yeah, now, I'm and I'm sure. just like, okay, well, it's not a it, figure my pun. It's—it it doesn't feel like a burning question for me right now, <laughs> right? It, it just—it doesn't feel like a burning question. I just figure like, okay, well, they they'll answer it when they're when they'll answer it. But I'm not. I oh, am, yeah. okay. you know they haven't really made much of a thing of it to the to the, to the the level of, say, The Burn, which is the main drive of the season.
1: So. Right. They did have Tilly say it, didn't she? When she heard it, she said, um, that's that song Michael was singing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, another mystery to add to the list.
0: But do you feel like, before we wrap, I, I've said before we wrap like 12 times already, <laughs> do you feel like right now, like mm-hmm. I was feeling last year where I said remember when I said that there's too much they're piling on too much I don't know if they can do this in the end
1: Mm. no no I don't feel like they've
0: introduced too much right now no neither do I I just think that they're just not prioritizing things properly throughout in in episodes but I I just you know that's just based off what I want to see so it's not really right yeah
1: I don't feel like yeah they've they've introduced a reasonable amount I just don't amount of you know plot items I just mm. don't like them.
0: Yeah, because I like do you because I, I feel like right now, with the amount of stuff that we know about the burn, if you dedicated a, just one whole episode to it, don't you feel like you could just you could
1: resolve it? Probably. Like essentially, we've got the burn, we've got Giorgio, and we've got. The, um, yeah, the
0: music, the music, just the burn,
1: really, same thing now.
0: Yeah, and then we've got
1: uh, the emerald chain.
0: The the emerald chain thing, but like That's four. these are things that, if you dedicated individual episodes to them, I feel like you could just wrap it up. But like even then, the emerald chain to me is not a mystery. It's just a nuisance that needs right. To so I guess that way, when we plot right?
1: elements that need to be resolved. Right. Story elements.
0: Yeah, it's just it's a it's a it's a villain that just needs to be defeated, right? Like like Leyland was. So I don't feel I don't feel like we're in a sort of bit bit off more than we can chew situation right now,
1: which no, is good. But if which is good, right? But if they, if they if yeah if they stop here, don't add any more, right. But, you know, you can, it can they can still all be resolved by the end of the season, mm-hmm. and it can still be very unsatisfying.
0: Yeah, I think we're in a good spot in terms of the amount of time they have left to resolve it, assuming they're going to resolve all of it at the end. But um, yeah. So how many
1: episodes do we have left?
0: This was episode eight. I think there were thirteen in total. So we've I think we I believe we have. Okay, five. so they have
1: five episodes left to disappoint us on four different story points. Right. So I think they can handle that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So I, overall, I think I'm feeling fine. Just get rid of Osiris and the Emerald Chain, please. <laughs> That's really what it is. Just get rid of those. If they, if they go. Here's the thing, really quick. If they overcame Osiris and the Emerald Chain next week and we never saw them again, fine.
1: Just get rid no of No confidence that they would fill in that just, just, time with just something Just get them better.
0: out of there. That's all I'm asking. Just get them out of there.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they're pretty easy to defeat, so it shouldn't take more than one episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Alright. With that said, uh, we're going to be back next week with the next episode, which is titled Terra Firma. Hmm. Part one. Now wanna find something interesting? Sure. It's clearly about George Terra. Terran.
1: Okay. But Terra firma means um something about Earth. It means Earth, yeah. Um Let's see. Uh da, da, da. Solid ground, dry land. Okay. Oh, done us anything. Yeah. Oh, and we also
0: didn't mention that this week's episode was directed by Frakes.
1: <laughs> yes, and he kept his camera pretty st- pretty stationary. So good job, Frakes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So next week is Terra Firma, part one, and I will say part two does follow it the week after that. So.
1: Wait, Terra Firma part one?
0: Yep. And there is a Terra Firma part two directly oh. <laughs> directly following it. So.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> I can't, you tell my, my confidence in the show is, is what based gone. off episode titles no 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 like I'll, I'll quote I'll sort of paraphrase the president of Navarre. this was uh, the last straw in a long line of, of uh, issues yeah
0: well look let's take solace in the fact that Lower Decks is coming back for a second season
1: Oh, yeah, and, and then Picard, too. I love Picard.
0: Yep. Uh, you know, and... Oh, yes. which, incidentally, I did get the Picard Blu-rays.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: I'm still going through them,
1: but... Uh, All right, well, look forward to you after we take a break after Discovery's over.
0: Oh, my God, yes. 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 All right, later, skater. Peace out, everybody.